0: Uh, welcome to the Movie Roo, a podcast dedicated solely to talking about upcoming movies, current blockbusters, popcorn tent poles, and all the sorts. Thank you for joining us. Nope. This is the Rockaroo. We talk about Colorado Rockies baseball here. Not movies, unless they make a movie about the Colorado Rockies. Welcome
1: to. The Rockaroo. Here we go. Uh, our next Classic. weekly, our next weekly podcast. What what happened this week that we need to to get to? Anything uh, you want
0: to start us start us off with? Topic wise? Well, since you asked, since you're asking, um, this is season two of the Rockaroo, and uh, because it's season two, we've amped up our game, and uh, the Rockaroo now has an intern. That's right, an intern. His name is Brendan. Woo. Yeah. So. Um, very excited to have brendan uh what's what's your last name rogers bullshit how's how's it spelled r o g e r s no d damn um, i like the
1: hi- i like the higher
0: yeah 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 um he's a good kid he's got a lot of potential a lot of potential isn't fully there just yet but but very promising
1: yeah, out of, all of the, uh, out of all of the ones that uh, we interviewed and looked at, he's, he ranks probably, you know, 10th overall. He's the 10th overall intern prospect, without a doubt.
0: So another thing I'm, I, I want to bring up, I feel like last episode we were really talking up John Gray and we went over his, his spring stats and they were really good. And we did the little joke about, oh, whatever, no big deal. And then he's had two outings since then. And though not terrible, they weren't on par with those numbers either.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, the, the strikeouts were on par, but he did give up some. He started giving up some runs.
0: Yeah. We, we got We just, I think we got to be careful, man. <laughs> it sucks because you'd like to be able to talk about this stuff, but
1: man. The old, uh, the old jinxero So he went on, uh, the very next day, I guess, he went against Oakland and ended up going three and two-thirds, gave up a couple earned runs and four strikeouts. So that wasn't great. No. But not bad. I mean, the other thing is, like, here, like, now it's all about lengthening out, and sometimes they're trying out new pitches, and they want to, uh, you know, want to make sure to get, uh get everything under wraps and they're really not concerned about necessarily getting guys out as much as they are getting their pitches in, you know? So the good news is they didn't have to pull him, and he have to finish up his pitches in the bullpen, which happens a lot in spring training. So that's a good, that's a good news about it. So yeah, he didn't absolutely uh, mow people down left and right in those two outings. Cause then he went again against Milwaukee which was, uh, was that yesterday or Friday?
0: Yesterday, Saturday. Okay.
1: And they he went uh, five, there, he went five innings, again allowed two runs, but did strike out five. ERA still 255. So, uh, yeah. Um, maybe we could, uh, I don't know. Last season we had a moratorium and it kind of worked and kind of didn't. So, I mean, Desmond really (laughs) never uh, sprout. So I don't know. Maybe we need to use code names or something.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, You make a good point though, about like working on pitches and, um, you know, they, they probably don't even really, I would assume they don't really look at scouting reports when they're you know, in spring training, they're just focused on whatever they want to focus on. So yeah, not 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 anything to look into do too deeply. Though it is funny because then if like a young pitcher has a really good spring, like Herman and Kyle Freeland did in 2016, you know, you use that to put them on your roster. So it is kind of but you know their plan is probably different. Than a, a fourth or fifth year guy like John Gray, and so
1: yeah. The other thing there to think about is it, it's totally different when you're fighting for a, a spot and when you've got a spot locked up. Like the the approach in spring training is totally different. So, right. like your guys like Ryan McMahon, Pat Vileka, Hampson I mean I'm, I'm on the offensive side of the the issue of the ball but uh that's a different approach when you're out there because you, you're fully focused when you're a veteran you're working on things you're like hey let me work this out I just want to make sure that I'm stretched out and ready to rock when the season begins that's really what it comes down to for those veterans so like the guys that know that they're in the in the rotation Freeland uh Tyler Anderson who has not been doing great in this sp- in the spring um Herman Marquez, John Gray, those guys are just getting stretched out really. So but that's just kind of sometimes I wonder just like you said is that just a uh, is that just fan talk or you know trying to hide glaring issues or is it the reality of it so I don't know some some of these big name guys don't do jack crap in the in spring they always kind of have a crappy spring and then they just go get to business as usual in the in the regular season guys like Verlander he always has crappy springs and then the regular season comes and he just destroys it so hopefully that's the case with the with Gray and Anderson
0: yeah absolutely and I'm glad you brought it up the name of Ian Desmond because there's a lot of shit being thrown around about Ian Desmond. And I think it's kind of unwarranted in my Rockaroo hosting opinion. I think obviously the big contract is part of the reason why expectations. But you got to remember 2016, he was injured and. It was a hand injury, which affects your, your batting swing. And then uh, 2017, they fucked – or I'm sorry. I'm – fucked that up. 2017 was his first year when he was injured. Then 2018, last season, they were messing with his hand placement, and I think that just screwed him up, specifically yeah. the first two months of the season. And I think, I think his first two months last season – Really, just soured everyone on him, and it didn't really matter what he did after that. But I would like to read some stats of his from last season, if um, you don't mind. Yeah, do it. Uh, start start with batting average. Now, whether batting average is <laughs> anyone cares about it anymore, I know we're in the new age of who gives a fuck, right? Uh, but I still think it's relevant. Two thirty six not great. It's not great at all. And that's the, probably the biggest part of, um, you know, what, what brings his stock down. And then he played in 160 games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. Just from like, uh, uh, so take that in account too. Uh, He scored 82 runs. And he was basically in what the five six hole all season seven even yeah. maybe was he I don't know if he was ever as low as seven but five and six hole eighty two runs I feel like would you take that from a five and six hole guy? Yeah, I mean
1: the gold standard, I guess, would be the like a hundred runs, right? That's like you score hundred runs, you're a run scorer, yeah. Big time.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Charlie Blackman, who is uh or at one time was an MVP candidate and a leadoff hitter last year. He scored 119 runs. So 40 runs roughly less for Desmond in the five, six hole. Uh, He had Desmond had 21 doubles, which isn't, you know, I I see Desmond as more 30 to 40, but um, I mean, 40 doubles is a lot. And then he had eight triples, 22 bombs, 88 RBI and then yeah. 20 stolen bases. I mean, those are pretty other than the average and the doubles, I guess that's, that's a pretty good line. He had 130 total hits. Um, I don't have strikeouts here or ground balls. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we all, we all know those are probably pretty high, but from, from your five, six guy, Yeah. The thing about
1: it is, uh, like, all of those numbers are probably in the National League, probably get Ian Desmond somewhere, other than average, obviously. The rest of them probably get Ian Desmond somewhere in the, definitely the top half of
0: the the league, right? You'd think so. I would like to know the uh, OPS and on-base percentage don't have those numbers in front of me. Uh, I'm not going to look him up because I'm lazy. No, really. (laughs) I think his
1: OPS, I don't know for certain. I could look it up real quick, but I think his OPS was somewhere in the 750 range, 755. 729, sorry, I looked it up real quick. Okay. So, a little bit below league average. League average is 750, roughly. So.
0: The other thing, though, is he only had, which is kind of weird. He only had two home runs after the all-star break. So essentially, because his first two months were, I guess he was about all he was hitting were home runs early in the season. So that's something that kind of a bummer, but maybe he changes his approach. Who knows? Uh, I'm just saying maybe those numbers don't add up completely to the type of contract he signed, but and just a refresher it was a 5 year 72 million dollar deal somewhere yeah. around there um which in comparison to other guys that have signed doesn't seem that bad um still would like to see a little more from Ian mainly in the on base and do you have the on base percentage there as well
1: uh no but i can close that I can maybe close look that it up tab. Real quick Yeah, Uh, I did. It happens Um, all the time. But, I mean, the OPS, the on-base goes into the OPS, so I would suspect that it's somewhere in the three, maybe a little bit below 300 range Yeah, for Desmond. 307.
0: So, I think people that are are really hating on Ian Desmond, um, let's take it easy. Let's just take it easy a little bit. Um, And then that also, I mean, there's value in just his personality and clubhouse identity and and stuff like that. I still believe he yeah,
1: his leadership.
0: Yeah, leadership. I still believe he he I don't really think he's a five six hole guy. That's probably where he's gonna be this season. I just I don't think he profiles well there unless he does maybe increase that those power numbers and those that on um on, on base plus slugging he would have to do that.
1: Yeah. Which he has the capability of doing. I mean, in the beginning of his career and with Texas, he he was there. It's basically, you know, one year with the Nationals and then the first two years with the Rockies basically are the only years that he's had low offensive production years.
0: Well, plus, I mean, I don't know where he was hitting in those lineups, but I'm sure it was no lower than five. I mean, I, I would assume it was two, three, or four. Yeah. But when you got Tony Walters sitting behind you, what, you know. <laughs> and still score 80 runs. 88, uh, yeah. 88.
1: So, yeah, I, I think that the, the biggest... Um, Argument to Desmond one is obviously the contract and the average because it's like, oh, well, he's not performing. You expect him to be a 300 hitter with 20 bombs, 20 stolen bases, you know, all that stuff, all the other stuff that he did plus the average. Or if you're the dorky sabermetrics dudes out there, you'd look at his war wins above replacement and you'd be really, you'd be like, hey, he's garbage. He's absolute trash. So, I mean, it all depends on whether you believe in that stuff or not. And that, I mean, I know that there's a lot of research and stuff that goes into that wins above replacement, but production is production, right? So I guess what they're saying is if you're a believer in that, that somebody, anybody else plugged into Desmond's situation would do as good if not better than what he did based on his, I guess his 2018 war was negative- Point six, So, uh, that's not great. It's like, basically that means it, like anyone else could do a little bit better than him if they were put in his situation. So I just don't know if that perfectly translates or not. There's a bunch of articles out there that state it does. Uh, it still takes me a little bit to, to buy into it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, moving on from Desmond, um, Cause I do have a, I've got a good amount. I'd like to talk about here on this. Real, uh,
1: real quick though, before we move on from Desmond, oh, I, just, I knew I'm it was coming. I knew something was coming.
0: <laughs> I almost, I almost asked unless you have anything else, but I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a cut this off right now, but hit us.
1: Okay. So I think, I think people that are being overly critical of Desmond, uh, I, I think that they're—well, I just already said it. They're being overly critical. People that think Desmond are tra- is trash is—I mean, it's just stupid to have that out there. Uh, but I get why they see that. Ultimately, I think Desmond is going to prove something uh, fairly fairly awesome this year. And I'm just going to put it on record that Desmond has a very nice season.
0: So nice that Michael Saunders will never be a factor. Uh, wanted to get this in in the earlier episode. I think now it, I mean, we'll talk about it, but I, I don't think the Michael Saunders conversation really has any holds any water, uh, but I did the work to, for the notes and stuff, so I, I, I'd like to get it out there. Um, if you're not familiar, Michael Saunders is a, uh, left-handed hitting and I think throwing as well outfielder. Uh, he was signed to a minor league deal. A la Mark Reynolds. He's 32 years uh-huh. old, nicknamed the Condor. He came up just a little background on him. If you're not familiar, he came up, he's a tall guy. I think like six, four, uh, came up with Seattle, Seattle Mariners in 2009 um in 2012 in 139 games he hit 247 on base plus slugging of 738 19 home runs 57 I've got riblets um written down here I I guess i was feeling uh silly when i did but i enjoyed it i'm glad i got at least one chuckle out of it and then also 21 stolen bases so not a not like a american league three four hole guy but maybe american league five six hole guy um I chose 2012 because those were his kind of his best numbers. And then in 2016, he went to Toronto. He hit 253 in 140 games on base plus slugging of 815 with 24 home runs. And then again, only 57 Riblets and then only one stolen base. But he was an All Star in 2016. Oh, interesting. And then here's where things get really interesting. He was a free agent in 2018, last season. He ended up signing with the Pirates. I, th- I don't know if it was a minor league deal or not, but um, w- then once the Pirates signed the dick, Corey Dickerson, he asked for his release, straight up asked to be released. So the Pirates obliged. And then he ended up, being signed and released by three other teams that season and never took a big league at bat. That was last season. Man. So um his career numbers are uh 232 average, a 701 OPS, 81 home runs in about nine-ish seasons. Um, you know, when they first signed him, I thought, okay, this could be a bench guy, a fourth outfielder kind of a veteran-type guy that could put the ball over the wall, left-handed at bat. You got Mark Reynolds as your veteran right-handed pinch hitter and um, Michael Saunders as your veteran left-handed pinch hitter. And I think now that some time has gone by, I've thought a little more about it, more and more spring training has gone by. He hasn't played tons. So I – I don't think that he's in the Rockies plans for really anything. He probably will be released. Um, And then my idea of just, I, I guess I'm just such a traditionalist with the NL that I like the veteran guy off the bench, but you know, do you really need two of those guys? And I don't really know. I doubt his outfield defense is that great. Thoughts?
1: I think you know. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic Rockies move, right? They always got to get that those veteran dudes signed for some reason. But to me, when I'm when I'm looking at it, I guess I don't hate it. the The risk reward is super high, right? Like the guy could end up being a. I mean, he was always a very highly touted type player. Yeah, big swing, uh, and never. Yeah, never really materialized, but to the consistency extent, there were some good seasons in there. But to me, it's like if you're the Rockies, they do this, but it's like why not? Very specifically with the way the team's built now, why do that instead of giving you know guys like Talkman a chance and you know having our young guys come up and 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 get that done? And how how important is that veteran bat and that? That veteran, I don't know leadership that he would provide. I don't think you need that in the Rockies clubhouse right now because I do think Desmond provides enough of that, and I think that you can go with what you have. I mean, you've got to have Tapia on your squad, you know, unless you're gonna. You got. I mean, you got to have him on the on the team. So he's really your. You got to have that guy as your fourth outfielder right now.
0: I think they ruined Tapia. Honestly, I I, I just I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, because more than likely he will be the fourth outfielder. But I don't know, man. I, I just feel like he either should have got a shot or for like consistent playing time. And there was I can't I don't know if his 2016 where he he did have like a solid two weeks where he was starting. Um, yeah, but. I mean, you brought it up once before. Like there's so you can only do so much in AAA to n- and then not get a chance at the big league level that let's flip the guy. Come on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for his sake, for
1: your sake, get something out of him. I mean, otherwise you end up putting him on waivers and someone else picks him up and you get nothing out of him and I don't know. I don't know if you could get something out of Tapia, but I feel like you probably could. Um, and maybe the goal is to get him some playing time and prove something. And but he's still just like kind of blocked right now with the way the roster's compiled. Thanks a lot, Murphy. Uh. But you know, like I think that signing Ma- Michael Saunders is a nice risk reward deal. It seems like he might kind of be a, a dick when it comes to the clubhouse presence, just based on some of the. I don't know past
0: events with him, but maybe he's not. But well, two thousand eight, last season specifically, like, oh, you guys are bringing in Corey Dickerson, I'm out of here, and then released by three other teams in the same yeah. year. That's yeah. like that. There's kind of a red flag there, and and um so I honestly I doubt he. He even makes. I mean, he'll more than likely be released because it seems like he's the type of guy that's not going to want to play in Triple A, and I doubt he's going to make the twenty five man roster.
1: Yeah. So freaking. I don't know. Like we should have talked about this
0: a month ago or two months ago, but
1: hey, it's it's out there. We got like yeah, you know what? We we got to get to it because yeah. I mean, it was a little while ago, but I think the the main thing. The reason that it needs to be talked about is just the overall strategy that the Rockies go with. It seems like season over season, and that's signing those veteran guys. Like they just can't stop from doing it, and you know, it's like I to me, it's like why not go with with Talkman or Tapia? We know those guys are potentially good fourth and fifth outfielders if that's the way they want to construct the roster. But nope, they gotta sign, you know, Saunders and see if he works out. And obviously I think he maybe has some I don't know, maybe he's got some personality issues going on. But it's like, why like why do that? And even, you know, even this year, the the go with, you know, Daniel Murphy. Gotta get that guy. Well, I think that we got the veteran leadership with the guys that we, we have, uh, Desmond for sure, they signed him, but at least he made sense because he was a, a highly touted guy, to me anyways. I know a lot of people criticize that signing, obviously, but you know I think that's the one thing that the Rockies could find a way to stop doing because there is good talent that they have to allow develop, like, like Tapia, you know, and that's that's really the the main piece of all of that like why go sign michael saunders i get it it's a you know high reward for the risk because worst case scenario you just let him go and he goes sign somewhere else and you don't pay a lot of money for him so that's i get it i get why the uh why they do it but also to me i'd rather just go with with some of our younger guys and good news is they at least stopped doing that on the uh on the pitching side uh, no more Jason Marquis. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Jason Marquis worked out, but you know, no more of those those guys. You know, like who was that Orioles pitcher that the that was that Jason Marquis? Who's the Orioles guy Uh-oh. that? Oh, Rodrigo Lopez. Um, yeah, that, that could have right? been it. Yeah, something like that. But but yeah, at least they got rid. They stopped doing that, and that has been one of the main reasons why the Rockies are a very good team right now is because they developed their young pitchers and they've, they've actually started doing it and being able to do it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's going to be the trend with every part of their game now because of Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, you know, Wade Davis, I would say worked out. He had a, his ERA wasn't pretty last year and he had a bunch of blown saves, but he also led the franchise in saves. So yeah, you know, but obviously Shaw and McGee just weren't anything and so now i think they're just going to be like we're developing everybody we're not unless it's a guy we really like a true athlete i would describe Desmond as an athlete not only you know yeah are you, cuz you, what what did we say that one episode speed never takes a day off oh yeah yeah that's it yep. can't teach speed so can't teach speed and he was still younger, or I don't know. How old was Desmond when they signed him? 32? Well, yeah, because he's 30? 34
1: now. He's 34 now, so yeah, 32.
0: So, I mean, not not in his full prime, but still good years on him. I mean, we just talked about Desmond, so you know our yeah. feelings there. So, you know, Desmond, not only Desmond, but Nolan, Charlie Blackman, they didn't have a great series. Yeah. What's what series am I talking about? That's what you're all thinking. What the fuck is he talking about?
1: I think, well, so I think really what, uh, what you're saying is it's nice to sign those big extensions instead of signing those like semi large, like medium sized deals to those veterans. But why not just sign the, the big extensions to our guys that we have developed guys like nolan the real question is is he worth 260 million i think so
0: Oh, where were we if this black man, I'm just gonna say it. Doman I'm gonna Aranato be honest. I think it's going for a series I think it's best to be honest because it's gonna sound weird when it gets put all back together um, I've been having some serious technical issues with the recording of my voice so if that's why things sound weird and cut up and that's why so okay, we were at I brought up a series then you went into thing about contracts, which I wasn't thinking about at all um, <laughs> cause the first time, <laughs> the first time I did, it, it was really awesome. I thought about going into this, I went into this thing about how Nolan signed this big deal and is he worth it? And we both agreed yes. And then I said, well, I'm going to bring up an argument about why he might not be worth it. Is that, does yes. that sound good? Does that sound okay to everyone? Um, yeah.
1: I mean the segue before was way nicer, but this yeah. one it works yeah. perfectly. I'm,
0: I'm I'm too frustrated by this point to <laughs> to work it work it out again, but um, so I'm going to pose an argument, even though I believe signing Nolan for what they did was the right choice, and he's worth more than Bryce Harper and Manny Machado put together. I'm still gonna bring up this yep. argument. Cause it's it's val it is a valid argument, and the argument is Nolan being clutch. And I bring up not only the 2018 National League Divisional Series, which we went over last season in an episode. Uh, you all you all saw it. I, we don't need to talk about it again. You all know what happened. But also that final series in Los Angeles about, what, a week and a half before the end of the season. It was an important series. The Rockies and Dodgers were tight at the top of the division. They ended up being so tight they had to play an extra game in Los Angeles. Why? Because the Dodgers had the better head-to-head record during the season. And I just want to go through um, Nolan's numbers in that three-game series. Do it. So Nolan went three for 13. With one RBI, zero runs scored, zero walks, which that's the thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about Nolan in the two hole. He doesn't walk. You'd think you'd like to have a guy who walks, not all the time, but but every now and then in that two hole. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, so in that series, yeah. one RBI, three for 13, one RBI, no runs, no walks, Five strikeouts, seven left on base. You know, you look at those numbers and you think, oh, well, it's baseball. That happens, but it was a very high-profile series, important series. The vice was cranked just a little more. And that's your guy. You said that the first time recorded, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's your that that's your man. Yeah. You do, yeah, you don't want your you don't want your guy in that situation. You don't want your guy doing that. You want him going, you know, 8 for 13 with two yeah. jacks. and Ooh, yeah. 9 RBI.
0: And here's the and it's it wasn't just Nolan, so he's not alone. Um Charlie Blackman went 3 for 10. One run, one RBI, two walks, two strikeouts, uh, zero left on base, which I guess is a plus. I don't know. Was there anyone (laughs) on base when he was at bat? He had three at bats where he let off the game. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) then Desmond was was two for 11, zero runs, two RBI, one walk, three strikeouts, six left on base. And then Trevor Story, if you remember – got injured in the first game first or second inning. So he only had one at bat, but the son of a bitch only went 0 for one. So yeah. Yuck. And then, you know, let's throw on Bud black too, because I remember that was the series where there was a play at third base. Um, the Rockies were on defense and the umpire got in the way at third base preventing, um, I think Hampson was playing short at the time cause story was injured and the umpire got in the way for a play to occur to get a guy out at third. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And, and Bud black was just, he didn't even come out. He didn't even come out of the dugout. And it was the game. I remember I was bitching because he was sitting in the dugout yawning during one of your most important games of the regular season. So there's that too. So, I mean, he's your commander in chief, right? Take your cues from him. He's in there yawning. Set the tone.
1: Yeah. Set the tone. So that's
0: another negative in my Bud Black book. So um, that pitching thing for Black really is really is his his fucking holy grail, you know, and everything else kind of. But the more the more little things add up, are they going to start to outweigh that pitching stuff? Uh, we'll see this season. It's important season for everyone on the team. Yeah. So, just wanted to kind of go over those because those that was an important series.
1: Yep. There you have it, Arenado. You're not worth 260. Ooh no. Because you you went three for ten. Or 13. And Bud Black, stop yawning in the dugout. How'd you get a $300,000 or three year extension for whatever it
0: was? <laughs> more than that. <laughs> get it together, guys. But I'm sitting here thinking, damn, the $300,000 doesn't sound bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just I want to put this on record. Uh, Breedick. I will work for Per Diem. Oh, there you go. Give him a call.
1: I could All be. Right.
0: I could be the base running instructor. Huh?
1: Yeah, I like that. We can. Uh, I've I've got a little uh, a thing that I have planned for this uh, this episode, um, but we can talk about your your qualifications uh, after I go through this because one of them is uh, is somebody that I think uh, is not qualified for what he got the opportunity to do and, yeah. and he got, got a chance to do it. But like before, it. before we get into that, okay. uh, I'll bring us back to that. But last podcast, I said we might talk some Rockies athletics, some, some Rockies diamondbacks, blah, blah, blah. I went through it. Those were the games that they played in this spring training. So what I want to bring to today's podcast is the first weekly rockaroo rundown.
0: All right. Now, just so you know, if you say it's going to be weekly, you could have to do it weekly.
1: No, no, no. The, oh. okay, okay. So, this is, uh, uh, this is one of those deals. Like, is bi weekly uh, every other week or is it twice a week? Bi weekly. Anyway, it's
0: twice a week.
1: <laughs> you, well, why doesn't it mean every other week? Bi weekly.
0: Because bi monthly means twice a month, right?
1: Does it? Or does it mean every other month? No. I mean, Anyways, it seems like... <laughs> long way to get to the point. What I meant by weekly
0: was this week. <laughs> this week. Wait, okay. Did you say bi-weekly or did you say... I didn't. I said weekly. Okay, you said weekly. Okay.
1: And you said you got to do it every week. Yeah. But what, you... I, what I meant by weekly is what happened this week with the Rockies. Okay, okay. You know, like this week...
0: This week's
1: Rockaroo Rundown. Okay. I'm just going to call it the Rockaroo Rundown. Yeah. that's trying to go with the alliteration. Okay. So (laughs) the first, not weekly Rockaroo Rundown. (laughs) And here it goes. Right after Sunday, the Rockies played on Monday. The Oakland Athletics, they won that game six to three. Desmond, oh, yeah, he smashed a three run jack. Who pitched in that game? We already talked about it. It was John Gray, three and two thirds innings, two runs loud, four strikeouts. In that game, our main man, Wade Davis, got a hold, and guess what? McGee did. Yep, he blew a save. Classic. <laughs> So, moving on. The Rockies did not play on Tuesday. On Wednesday, they played the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, another win for the Rockies. Who hit home runs in that game? Our main man, Charlie Blackman, Chuck Nasty, and also Trevor Story. That's what we like to see. Pitching in that game, one dot. He did not fare well. Unfortunately, he did give up three earned runs, but he did strike out six. I think he's working on some good pitches there. Wade Davis. Dunn, Shaw, O, and Oberg all got holds or a save. Four holds and a save for Oberg. Nice outing for those guys in the bullpen. Then Thursday, the Rockies go to Cleveland. Cleveland, you know, kind of smokes them in that game. They lose 9-3. Anything big that happened in that game? Not really other than Hoffman Poor guy. He went four and two-thirds innings. Gave up five runs. Not a great outing for him. Rest of the bullpen did not fare that great, except for Estevez, who did have a clean inning. McGee, yeah, he did what he does. Four earned runs. (laughs) Friday, here we go. Our main man, Mick Walkoff Man, hits a walk-off single. They beat the... Kansas City Royals, 2-2-1. Who pitched in that game? Lambert. And he actually did pretty well. Three and two-thirds inning, no earned run. Dunn and Shaw and O and Bowden gets the win. But Dunn and Shaw and O, those guys get clean innings. Beat Kansas City. That's pretty sweet. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard this, but Cleveland signed Carlos Gonzalez to a minor league deal. Here we go. Now Yay! here's here's the last one. Saturday, Rockies lose five to four to those damn Milwaukee Brewers. But Trevor's story, he did hit a bomb. That's awesome. John Gray, we talked about his performance. He did he did not fare horribly. Did get eight strikeouts in five innings, but allowed two runs. Wade Davis, unfortunately, blown save. Oberg, he gets a clean inning like that. And guess who's coaching first base for the. Milwaukee Brewers, Baker Mayfield. What the hell is going on there? He doesn't have any qualifications to do that. Boom. That is the Rockaroo Rundown.
0: Whoa. I did not see that last bit coming. What's well, that's, the
1: deal like That's the part that I was going to say like hey I think if Baker Mayfield can coach first base, then huh, I think you could uh you could do some good stuff for the Rockies.
0: Yeah, I I it's not even about like it I think it's just someone needs to be on. I'm like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing out there on the base pass? I don't yeah. think I mean, who, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? We don't know that as fans, so we can't talk talk about it so we can only talk about what we know and hear and see and you would think if someone was on their ass about running the bases they'd be a little bit better at running them and i fucking heard and it pissed me off so much on friday's broadcast Spielborg says i shit you not he says yeah the rockies are looking to be more aggressive on the base paths this season (laughs) do you say that every season like, what the fuck? That was the big thing last... Season. That was, like, the main story coming out of spring training. Are you kidding me? Uh So, but what's the deal? Like, Mayfield and Yelich are buds or something? Like, Twitter I buds? I don't know.
1: Why in the hell does Mayfield... Out, out of all of them, why Milwaukee? I mean, obviously, it's, to me, it seems like it should be Cleveland, but whatever. Right.
0: Well, I think it's because, like, they legitimately sparked up a bromance on Twitter. Because they admired each other's games. And I remember Mayfield wore a Yelich jersey during the playoffs to one of the Browns games. That's some dumbass shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's what's going on there.
1: Well, it doesn't make me like either one of those guys yeah. anymore. And then hey, it do actually want- makes me hate them more or like them less. I don't really yeah, hate that- <laughs> them, but.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, I want to real quick, want to bring up, you mentioned one dot. If there's anyone out there that doesn't know where the one dot nickname came from, one dot is of course, Kyle Freeland. If you don't know where that came from, go back and listen to episode 26 of the Rockaroo in season one, episode 26. We, that's where, that's where the nickname was birthed. So did I, did that, I, that's where the nickname, it, yeah. that's yeah. where the nickname was birthed. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I not? Can you understand what word I'm saying there? Because like I can't even under, birthed. Yeah, birthed. Birthed was
1: born. It sounds weird. Yeah, I like.
0: Yeah, I'd rather go birthed, but it sounds so weird coming out of my mouth. Well,
1: you got to stop saying it because the
0: more times you say it, the weirder (laughs) it's going to sound. (laughs) But anyway, that's where the nickname was birthed. (laughs) So go Uh, go back and check it out. It's a good overall episode.
1: Yes, it's excellent overall episode. So, uh yeah, that was that was my rundown. Uh one thing I wanted to make sure to get in there and I I had it planned for after I talked about the Cleveland game, but uh Carlos Gonzalez does get a uh, contract with the Indians. I think that's a good fit for him. I'll be cheering for him there.
0: I yeah, me too. Yeah, that's a team I have no problem ch- cheering for Carlos on. Hopefully he makes the TV.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think he'll at least initially start off in the minors. I mean, just because of how late it is. Yeah. But well, um,
0: I don't, how late? they have some outfield issues. They do. You're right. It's a good, it's, it's definitely honestly for him. It's like, and I'm sure maybe that's why I don't know how many offers he had, but why he picked it because you know, the, the shithole that is the Mm -hmm. AL central. I mean, are the Indians better than any other team in the American league that isn't in the AL central? Uh, like, they're probably the, better it, than the Rangers. <laughs> uh, could be, which their new ballpark is opening next season. Yes. I'm sure. You is. knew that. I, I, I found that out recently. I was surprised. So I always love a good new ballpark. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, g- 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 you know, good luck to Carlos. We're all rooting for you here in, in Rocky's world. I've been wanting to come... You know how it's Broncos country? I've been wanting Mm -hmm. to come up with a really good thing for Rockies. You can't go Rockies Nation because that's used for everything. Obviously, you can't go Rockies country. So we got to think of something cool there. Um, And speaking of something cool, I want to bring up... I came across this article about... um, It was about the the three guys who signed big deals in the offseason, um, being Manny Machado, Bryce Harper and Nolan Arenado. And, um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but what I really liked was uh, the, the author brought up about Nolan being not only like, he, essentially what it, uh, <laughs> Give me a second. I got to catch my breath. I'm super nervous. <laughs> and I don't know why. Turn off the treadmill desk. <laughs> yeah, Trek Desk, official sponsor of The Rockaroo. That's not true. I don't know. Can we get in trouble for saying stuff like that? Yeah, probably, but oh well. Or is it just free free advertising for them? It's free advertising. But Dude, i tell they- you what. You, <laughs> you do a Google search for Trek Desk once, and then that's... The only fucking advertisement you see when you're watching YouTube videos. (laughs) It's And since it came up naturally, fuck you, Camping World. Just fuck you.
1: Ah, there you go. We could get in trouble for that. That, (laughs) I I don't know if that's defamation or not, but...
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I have good reason, okay?
1: Okay, uh, yeah.
0: I'm sitting... Not at my trek desk, because don't have one of those just yet. <laughs> Sitting at just a regular Joe desk, and I'm trying to watch some fucking highlights from a Rocky Spring training game, and there's like seven of them. And not any one of them is longer than a minute long. But God damn it, they make me watch seven camping world videos in a row, fifteen seconds. And not only that, they're the same freaking advertisement. Has anyone else run into this? This is ridiculous. No, I get it. Yeah, that happens for sure. One one advertisement per like five videos. There's technology out there that exists for that, MLB you bastards. I like I specifically I'm not in the market for an RV, but if I were, I would specifically not go to Camping World because of that bullshit. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Like, I just want to see Ian Desmond hit a home run. I, the clip is like thir- <laughs> 13 seconds. I got to watch a camping world video before every single one. Uh, but yeah, damn it.
1: <laughs> I'll say this. If you log into the, uh, if you do have MLB TV and log into the, into that account, then you don't get advertisements.
0: See, the dogs are even pissed about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, they are. <laughs> Frank Frankie is not happy about the camping world situation.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad I'm not alone. But I didn't I did not plan on getting in that into that at all. I don't even remember where I was. Oh, the article I came across.
1: Okay, so the article about the three big dog signings.
0: Yes. Yes. It was um what I really liked about kind of the summary of everything was with Nolan that he, he came out looking like the most decent human being out of all three of them. Um, but also as a shrewd businessman. So I really, I really enjoy that. It's a great article. Check it out. The halftimesnack.com is where I found that, uh, the other great articles on there, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very interesting piece.
1: I really like uh, signing those extensions versus, versus the big contracts because I feel like there's more uh, pressure on the big contracts that first year, and those guys usually underperform. We'll see what Machado—I mean, I, I'm almost certain he'll underperform, but we'll see what Harper does in—well, in Machado versus Arenado. But, like, there's just less pressure on an extension because it's like just business as usual, you know, same team, everything, like— it's all good. You switch teams, sign a big contract, we'll see. But uh, it does not surprise me that Arenado would come off as a more or just a top-tier human being when it comes to negotiations and that kind of stuff. He's, he definitely seems like he's head and shoulders above uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys out there that are maybe just looking for the big, super big deal.
0: Yeah, and speaking of money, I had this thought. Is it from a business standpoint, is it an important time for the Colorado Rockies to not only continue to play well, but to um to play even better, go farther into the playoffs, even championship uh status for the fact that the um due to the woes of the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's no secret that the Broncos are, you know, it is Broncos country, you know, it has that moniker for a reason. But they've had two really bad seasons in a row. And I'll tell you what, the Denver Nuggets are taking full advantage of the situation in that regard, uh, being the number two team in the Western Conference. So is it important for the Rockies to continue to build upon what they have the last two seasons and from a, just a building your fan base. And, you know, instead of going out and be like, Oh, I'm going to get that new Broncos hat. Be like, Ooh, the Rockies are playing well. They just signed Nolan. I'm going to spend that $34 on a Rockies hat opposed to a Broncos hat. Well, stuff like that season tickets. I mean, there's
1: only so many entertainment dollars to go around. So I think if, if you, financially have the ability to take advantage of that. It's good. But Broncos country is so strong there and unfortunately that like I don't know if that's ever going to change. I mean the media definitely doesn't help anyone out when it comes to that. There's there's <laughs> no. like... That's why the Rocker yeah. really exists. So um Not sure who covers the Rockies or if anyone covers the Rockies or the Nuggets. Uh, I think the Avalanche probably have a good a little bit better coverage than both of those teams just because of their success, but past, way past success. But um, I think that just financially speaking, right now is the time for the Rockies to take that next step, both uh, in the market that they're in, which is, you know, Denver and Colorado, but also expanding that market because right now is the time to expand it. Nolan got a lot of national... Uh, exposure with that contract and I think that guys are are starting to really open up and recognize him and they're getting more national exposure with the playoffs and really building that uh, that fan base like around the whole country I think right now is the time that that's gonna really expand if they can if they can do it right
0: yeah and then that also led me to I mean, obviously, the Broncos are number one in the the region for sports fandom. But who's number two? I would say the Rockies, Colorado Rockies, but I'm kind of biased because I am a big Rockies fan. Um, You know, the, the Nuggets have been around a long time. And then the Avalanche, like you said, have won a couple Stanley Cups. So do you think it's cut and dry that the Rockies are number two, or would you put a Nuggets or an Avalanche team at number two?
1: Man, that's really hard for me to say because I'm, I'm also biased, not in the fact that, well, I am biased in the fact that Rockies to me are number one, uh, just fanship wise, the sport itself. I like, it's hard for me to even get into basketball or hockey, but that's mainly just because I don't understand the game well enough. Uh, I don't think it would be as cut and dry. I know the Avalanche have a very, very strong following, but they've been pretty poor for a little while. So um, I think it's easy to lose fans to the Rockies when that when that comes down. And the overall experience of going to Coors Field versus Pepsi Center to me is is nicer, which means I prefer watching that, uh, that sport more, but you know, you watch a basketball game or a, a hockey game and it, it's quick in relation to baseball. It's less mm-hmm. commitment for sure. And I think that that overall baseball is having some issues with that. They're trying to do some stuff to, gain the fan base, the young fan base really is what it comes down to because, uh, the old fan base is always going to be there for baseball. Uh, but I think that that's the biggest hurdle, but that's just game wise. So,
0: well, what do you mean? The old fan base is always going to be there. You're
1: right. I shouldn't say that. That's not necessarily true. (laughs) I think that the old fan base are more the older Generation of fans are more committed and loyal to baseball and they're more purists, but maybe, but the ones that are, that are not baseball fans probably won't. I mean, the, I don't know if you'll gain baseball fans by well shortening the game or not.
0: And, and my point with that was generations don't last forever. Right. I think and that's, that's, the,
1: that's baseball's, I think that's what they're really concerned about.
0: Yeah, as they should. Honestly, they really should. Uh, I was talking with uh, Sam the Man, as a matter of fact, about how because I've really, you know, I'm the I'm really into the Nuggets because they are good. It's fun to watch them. They play really good team basketball, and um, it is a shorter game. And the cool thing about basketball, especially if you're not a fan of a team, you can tune in and you can see. The Joker, though he's, uh, well, this isn't a basketball podcast, but he's kind of, it seems like he is kind of hitting a season wall, just in a tired, Okay. tired, <laughs> uh, but I, I won't, I won't elaborate on that. That's, His legs uh, are I, falling out a on a podcast. Uh, yeah. He just looks tired, but anyway, or, you know, use Steph Curry, use uh, um, Malik Beasley. Yeah, I said it. I said Malik Beasley. Um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, whoever a a really good basketball player is. I'm avoiding saying LeBron James. Oh, I just said it. Um, You know, you can tune in and on any possession that player can have the ball and score. Whereas with baseball, you tune in and it might be, it might be 30 minutes to an hour before Nolan takes in that bat. He might not even get a defensive opportunity the whole game, So I think that is an issue with baseball right there. And uh, it's, you know, because you do want to build around, especially when you have all this coverage of Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and Nolan Arenado. And it's like, oh, if I'm not a Rockies fan, I want to tune in and watch Nolan bat. But you flip to the, you know, it's a national televised game and it's Dodgers-Rockies and you flip on. And we got Tony Walters and the pitcher batting. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to wait around for Nolan to come to bat. So I think that, at least from a television standpoint, is a big problem that baseball has to figure out.
1: I agree. Well, I think that they're working on it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. I really
0: didn't have anything else. I don't know if you did. The uh, I would like to finish with an anecdote. Yes. Please do. If we could, I wouldn't be the anecdote if I didn't have anecdotes. So Yes. Let's let's this hear. This one it. I've got written down as the magazine story. I was in King Supers, the official grocer of the Colorado Rockies. They only hey, grocery okay. shop. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I know that is with the Broncos, but anyway, um gonna bleep out King Supers. Um, because you can't say King supers if you're not sponsored by King supers, it's a local grocer. Anyway, (laughs) I was at the grocery store and there was a rack of magazines. And this was about, I want to say a month ago, roughly. And there were four baseball magazines and I'm looking, I'm like, Ooh, cool. And I look and I say, Holy shit. That's Kyle Freeland on the cover of a magazine. I said, that's awesome. I looked to the one to the left. It was fucking Nolan Arenado. Whoa! I looked to the right. Mookie Betts. Okay, makes sense. Then the one to the right of that, it was uh, Trevor's story wasn't the main photo, but he was a you know little, little guy in the top left. And I was like, oh, man. Rockies have three out of four of these national magazine covers? That's fucking awesome. <laughs> specifically, <laughs> specifically Kyle Freeland. Yeah. So... I'm like, I'm getting the Kyle Freeland because I have a Nolan one from a couple years ago and I'm not buying two fucking magazines, okay? Yeah, That's right, it's like, what are you, made silly. of money? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> it's not like we're sponsored by King Supers or anything. I get it, I take it home, I'm pumped. I, I'm looking at the cover, I'm like, man, this is awesome. And just to clarify, it is Street and Smiths. Don't know if anyone's heard about that or not. Street and Smiths baseball, America's baseball, magazine. Nice. Anyway, I'm I'm all pumped up and I turn it over on the back and I see all these different variations of covers. Oh, uh, market fucking r- regional covers and there's 14 different <laughs> regions. And so I got to assume the one with Nolan and Story were also regional covers. So that bummed me out. Damn. I actually read the Rockies piece this morning. And I learned, I didn't know this, and I guess I should have, as not only a Rockies fan, but as a Colorado Rockies podcaster, the Rockies had their worst offensive year in team history. Did you know that in 2018?
1: Um, I did know that a lot of their.
0: By average. Yeah. By bad. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, I knew that a lot of their stats were definitely down. Uh, I I don't know if I would have said the worst. I did know that their average was the lowest, but their runs, like runs scored, was still high, right? I mean, they were six in the National well, League, so I don't know, or six
0: overall or something. Se- I don't know. Seventh, seventh, seventh in all of baseball. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we can uh, agree that it was probably on the surface it looked like they had a good offense, but when you dig down the. Definitely had some issues offensively. We talked about it all season, last season, right?
0: Yeah. And what, like, how shitty is that, that y- you have the best starting pitching in franchise history and then the worst hitting? Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> it's ridiculous. The ebbs and
1: flows of the game. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Because, And the thing is, sometimes I think that people assume you you put your effort into your weakness and your strength is just going to continue, and you know the Rockies always do well offensively. Yeah. Well, you have got to continue to foster it. You can't just assume it's going to come around. It's going to work, you know. Like and this year they made adjustments, right? They hired a new hitting coach. So I don't know if that's going to work out, but
0: yeah. we'll see.
1: We will see. I mean, I think that the uh, the recognized it as a, uh, an issue, maybe not a weakness. Cause you say, you know, the Rockies worst offensive year is probably still better than most teams out there.
0: Yeah. They were sixth in all of baseball last year. Uh, and I think when they say off worst offensive year, I assume they're saying just by team batting average, yeah. right? That's, is that what that means? Yeah. So they were sixth in all of baseball. So top 10. Um, but they also, it was the first time ever that the Rockies didn't have a 300 hitter. Didn't know that either. Damn. Ain't that crazy? That is crazy. And then just a fun little fact. Play. This is the segment of the episode. Did you know? Did you know that Andre Scalaraga hit blank? In 1993, batting average. Do you want to guess? Play the guessing game. Our favorite game. In 1993, in the 1993, the inaugural season of the Colorado Rockies.
1: Oh, I'm gonna say 361.
0: Ooh, close. 370. Damn.
1: I knew, like, I knew it was high. Yeah.
0: One final thing before we leave you this wonderful episode. I want to compare our 260 dollar. Man.
1: <laughs> $260. <laughs> boom.
0: No, $260 million man, Nolan Arenado, third baseman, to the Rocky shortstop. they 2018 numbers. So let's remember Nolan just got the highest AAV, that's average annual value contract for a position player in Major League Baseball history. Well deserved too, despite the high leverage situation struggles. Let's compare these numbers. You ready? Yeah, do it. Start with batting average. And this is from the magazine. So I just have the numbers that are from the magazine.
1: Oh, so OPS isn't
0: in there? OPS is not in here. <clears throat> or on base. <clears throat> um, so Nolan's batting average was 297, which is very good. It's not 300, but it's good. 291 for Trevor Story. Nolan Arenado played 156 games. Trevor Story played 157 games. Nolan had 590 at bats. Trevor Story had 598 at bats. Nolan Arenado had 100 or scored, let's say that scored 104 runs. Trevor Story scored 88 runs. Now let's remember Trevor Story most of the year hit behind Nolan. Hits 175 for Nolan, 174 for Trevor Story. Doubles 38 for Nolan, 42 for Trevor Story. Triples 2 for Nolan, 6 for Trevor Story. Ooh. Yeah, home runs 38 for Nolan, 37 for Trevor Story. RBI 110 for Nolan, 108 for Trevor Story. Stolen bases 2 for Nolan, 27 for Trevor Story. So the whole point I wanted to go through that is Trevor Story is a fucking good baseball player.
1: Yeah. And whoever whoever would think he isn't is
0: just naive well my and then also getting to like now nolan his thing is he has those are been consistent through his his career and in fact rbi is way down from like 130 um so i mean obviously to get to where nolan is trevor has to sustain those i understand that but those are some dope ass numbers right there and Um, I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast. It may have been one of the really early episodes, or maybe it was just a private conversation between you and I, but I think I brought up like, you know, is it possible that, um, Nolan Arenado isn't the best player on the Colorado Rockies team?
1: Yeah. I'll say Trevor story. Uh, there's the other stat that you didn't throw out. Nolan Arenado is what? 28 and Trevor story is 26. So assuming that typically athletically speaking those like that 28 29 year of age is kind of the uh when you really come into your own so we'll see what happens with Trevor's story going forward uh but man he's the Rockies are gonna have he's gonna be the next issue contractually that the Rockies are gonna have to figure out and if you break it down I mean you got uh, in the league, in all of baseball, you have Trevor Story and probably Francisco Lindor.
0: Yes, and I would may
1: agree. and maybe you put Correa in there, maybe. But it's like at shortstop, that's like one in one A and like uh, or one and one, one <laughs> tied for those two guys. Do it. <laughs> I mean, they do it all, which is the real thing. They defensively, the steel bases. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh how Trevor's story continues to build on last year's success because last year was kind of the like I wouldn't say coming out because he obviously made a huge huge statement uh his rookie year the first five games, but uh or six whatever it was, but last year was his like full on full year coming out like we'll see what he does this year, but I'm excited to see it for sure. With all that in mind, just know that Nolan Arenado will be making $22,000 per inning played this year. Assuming uh, assuming that average game is nine innings.
0: And I was going to, you said it for me, but I, I was going to say for Trevor Story, for those who might say, like, oh, oh, yeah, those numbers are good and all, but uh, what about defense? His defense is there, folks. It's there. Really, the only reason he hasn't won a gold glove is because, I don't know, who did win the NL gold glove? Do you know?
1: For in shortstop?
0: Yeah, for shortstop. Uh,
1: I think it was... 2018. <laughs> I feel like it was some
0: L.A. dude. Who played shortstop for was L.A.? It Baez? I don't think it was Baez. They had a... Couldn't have been LA because they had a bunch of different guys and there's no way it was Chris Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, hmm. Was it Swanson, maybe? Dansby no, Swanson? definitely know, it wasn't him.
1: It definitely wasn't Swanson. That guy... Uh... So Nick Ahmed for the Diamondbacks won Gold Glove last year. Nick Ahmed. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, there's Man. that. All righty. Well, that, I think, brings us to the end. What else did you have? I don't want to cut
0: you off on any other material you got. You know, I just... One more thing. I just want to... We don't do it enough, but I want to thank the listeners for tuning into The Rockaroo. Yes. Um, we don't say it enough. Should be saying it every episode. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for all you do for The Rockaroo listeners, and uh, we're going to probably go watch the Rockies... Uh, beat down the cubbies here you guys probably have already watched it so uh we'll talk about that maybe next episode i don't know but uh thanks listeners and uh as usual go rockies